Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 149. It's all about the T-band buyback. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com Patreon or www.scannerschool.com support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie Kay, Edward Dufour, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, Jackson Friedman, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Ten Glendai, and William R. Can. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. Now, today's podcast is sponsored by East Coast Pagers, your emergency alerting specialist. You can find them at eastcoastpagers.com. And also, by our Patreon supporters. Now, today our Patreon Extra Credit supporters have a behind-the-scenes view of this podcast. So I posted a video just for them right now, which is me recording the podcast. The Extra Credit Club has access to the raw, unedited version of this podcast about a week and two days before it is released. So everybody who is watching the video of this and me fumbling and everything behind the scenes, how you doing? If this is your first week joining us for class or you're a weekly listener, welcome to this week's podcast. And remember, if you've got any scanner radio-related questions, I am here to help. You may submit your questions to be answered on our monthly Ask Scanner School by visiting scannerschool.com ask. You may leave us a voicemail using our SpeakPipe link on scannerschool.com ask or by dialing 516 308 2885 if you're in the States. We'll also select a few written questions each month, but those of you who leave us a voicemail have a chance to win a free tutoring session with me. Before we get started on this week's podcast and get into the meat and potatoes here, I just want to apologize in advance. I, I was listening to the pre-edit, and for some reason I kept saying the T-band buyback. Nobody's buying anything here. This is the T-band give back. So I have to apologize in advance for constantly saying the T-band buyback when I should have been saying the T-band give back. So please don't email me and don't say, hey, 
It's a give back. There's not a buyback. I understand that. For some reason, I had buyback my mind, but it's the T band give back. Okay. Today, we are talking about the T band buyback. This is something that's really big going on here in the United States. And uh, it's something that is time we've talked about because if I wait any longer to talk about this, this whole thing changes. So we're going to talk about what it is now in the middle of October of 2020. And if things do change, this will be a great podcast follow-up if things go differently. All right. So a lot of information from today's podcast is pulled from the FCC document, FCC-20-89, also known as the relocation of the 470 to 512 megahertz T-band spectrum. We'll put a link to this document, this PDF, in the show notes. Again, scannerschool.com slash session 149. So July 6 of 2020, the FCC released the Notice of Purposed Rulemaking regarding the reallocation of the T-band. This was exciting for many of us in the hobby to see because for some time, the FCC has opposed of the buyback. Now, in May 2020, the FCC chair, Ajet Pai, says, an FCC auction of the T-band is a bad idea, but as of today, the law mandates we do it. It's unfortunate that the commission resources must be dedicated to laying the groundwork for an auction that will likely fail. This is especially true at a time when we are making every effort to keep Americans safe and connected, including allowing expanded temporary use of the very spectrum to help first responders save lives. I hope legislation passes soon so first responders who rely on this spectrum no longer need to worry about a potential loss of significant disruptions to their mission-critical radio systems. Now, if this doesn't paint a picture of the political landscape of the United States, I don't know what will. Here is the chair of the FCC saying, we have to do this because we're mandated to, but we don't, we shouldn't be doing this. Okay. He's sounding the alarms here saying, my hands are tied. I have to do this. And I'm not speaking politically here. I don't care what side of the aisle this guy is on, although I do know what side he's on. I don't have to agree or disagree with him politically. This fact right here is where I draw my agreement on. Again, we don't do politics here on Scanner School. I want to make sure that we are clear on that. Okay, This is a political topic because of the strings that are attached here. But as far as one side or the other, it's it's this is we'll see. This doesn't go on party lines, this topic here. Okay, So I'm open to this. Plus, it's directly related to the scanner radio hobby. All right. So let's back things up a little bit. What is the T-band? The T-band is the UHF spectrum here in the United States that runs from 470 megahertz up to 512 megahertz. It's called the T-band because it was part of the UHF TV band that covers channels 14 to 20. So just to break it down for anybody who's really curious about it and to put the rest of you to sleep, channel 14 ran from 470 to 476, 15 was 476 to 42, 16, 42 to 488, 17, 48 to 494, 18, 494 to 500, 19 was 500 to 506, and then 20 was 506 to 512. I'm sure I lost most of you guys by channel 15. All right. So let's keep this in mind, though. Because the FCC is proposing to give back the T-band, 
It's in blocks. This is how the proposal is currently written up, okay, in the July 6th of this year's proposal. We're going to come back to this in one second, but channel 14 is the A block, 15 is the B block, 16 is the, right, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to channel 20, which is the G block, all right? We're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I wanted to set this up and just categorize this and put this in the back of your mind. So let's talk about the T-band and how it was structured and where it came from. So in 1970, the commission allocated spectrum in the 470 to 512 megahertz band in certain major urbanized areas for sharing between broadcast television and the public safety, industrial, and land transportation or private land mobile services. The commission did so to address spectrum shortages and congestion in certain urbanized areas for those services to anticipate future LMR growth and spectrum needs. Today, T-band spectrum is assigned to public safety pool and industrial business PLMR operations in the following 11 urbanized area. Boston, Massachusetts, Chicago, Illinois, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, Houston, Texas, Los Angeles, California, Miami, Florida, New York, and New York Northeast, New Jersey. Now, Philadelphia, PA, Pittsburgh, PA, San Francisco, Oakland, California, and Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Additionally, some urbanized areas, T-band spectrum within the lowest 300 kilohertz of each broadcast television channel is designated for part 2022 public mobile radio services. Two additional cities, though, Detroit, Michigan, and Cleveland, Ohio, were also included for the initial allocation, but the T-band spectrum was never signed because those cities were too close between the United States and Canada, and it would be an issue with regarding the borders. Now, again, I read this right out of the FCC document, okay? If you couldn't tell, I was reading something. But this is exactly where it comes from. I'm not ad-libbing any of this right now. Okay, or that whole sentence there. So who is licensed now for the T-band spectrum? Again, we just talked about this, right? It's public safety, industrial, and land transportation, private land mobile services. They're interchanged. They are, it, it's not like the south end of the T-band is for public safety. The north band is for private land mobile services, commercial users. No, they are nested in there together. They are tightly bound between different frequencies. You can spin the dial and you'll hear a commercial station. When I mean commercial, I mean like a commercially licensed entity, like a security company or a, a trunking system, you know, something that's, that's privately owned. Those are what I'm talking about here. So, But we have some of the, the, the big players, right? Some of the big, big public safeties that we have is like NYPD, FDNY, LAPD, Boston Fire up in Massachusetts. And again, like I said, commercial users, DMR systems. And where I live, there is a ton of UHF T-band in use. My own county's trunk system operates on 502 megahertz, right? I mean, that was, that was a head scratcher when they first got licenses. What are they doing all the way up there? And where I live, the FCC and the T-band basically says, you know, the area of, of 480 is, is pretty as, as far, far enough as you should go. So um, what we got FDNY, MIP, all using 40, 43s and a little bit higher than that. So, you know, I guess there is some blurring of the lines because more and more frequencies needed to be in use. And according to the documentation, again, that I pulled this information out of, there's approximately 925 public safety licenses in the T-band with 
3,000 stations, which I guess assuming it's 3,000 transmitter sites. There are approximately 700 non-public safety licenses with 1,700 stations in the industrial business category. The T-band spectrum. This is very important here. So again, reading from the FCC document that I referenced earlier in Section 7, it says, In February 2012, Congress enacted the Middle Class Tax Relief and Job Creation Act of 2012. Now, Section 6103, the T-band mandate, provides that no later than February 22nd, 2021, the Commission shall, one, reallocate the spectrum in the 475 12 megahertz band, referred to in the section as the T-band spectrum, currently used by public safety eligibles as identified in Section 90.303 of Title 47, Code of the Federal Regulations, and two, begin a system of competitive bidding under Section 309J of the Communications Act of 1934 to grant initial, new initial licenses for the use of the spectrum described in Paragraph 1. The statute also provides that proceeds from the auction of the T-band spectrum shall be available to the NTIA to make grants in such sums as necessary to cover relocation costs for relocation public safety entities from the T-band spectrum. Furthermore, the statute provides that the reallocation shall be completed not later than two years after the date of which the system of competitive bidding is complete. Enacting the T-band mandate, Congress noted that the years-long time frame provided an opportunity for continued assessment of the viability of this transition and its impact on public safety communications. So this is why we're talking about it right now. Section 7 of the document that I referred to begin this podcast basically spells it right out. It's all due to the 2012 Middle Class Tax Relief and Job Creations Act. So that's why we're here. <laughs> it was tucked in to that act. So again, what does the FCC have to say about this buyback? Now, again, paragraph 10 says the commission's own estimates from early 2019 indicate that the relocation of public safety users from T-band would have an estimated cost between five and six billion, and those are estimated relocation costs that would greatly exceed the total expected revenues from an auction for both wireless use and the provisions of broadcast services. Now, again, if you couldn't tell, I did the old Austin Powers upside down pinky when it came to the billion. Paragraph 11 also says, Bipartisan congressional opposition to the T-band mandate has increased as the deadline approaches. Multiple bills have been introduced that would repeal the T-band mandate. The Subcommittee of Communications and Technology of the Committee of Energy and Commerce of the U.S. House of Representatives recently marked up and reported out of a bill that would couple a repeal of the mandate with elimination of 9-11 fee diversion, as did the Committee of Commerce, Science, and Transportation in the U.S. Senate. Congressional statements calling for the repeal note the critical nature of these public safety communications as well as substantial concerns that the potential value of the spectrum at auction would not cover reallocation costs. For example, in a recent letter to Senate leadership, eight senators wrote that the access to T-band is essential to first responders. The ability to protect the public and keep the American people healthy and safe and urge the next coronavirus stimulus bill include language for repealing the T-band mandate. Talk about sneaking things in here and there. Uh, welcome to the way that America works, right? Again, not going political here. 
So all these things, right, have to happen to now back this out. What do we have? What do we know? Well, we know that the FCC has to go forth with this because it's the law until something makes a change. The FCC stated it's a bad idea. Let's not do this. Guys, pump the brakes, right? So what happens now if the buyback happens? We'll talk about it right after this break. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session.
National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio magazine, as well as back issues, too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, so how does the FCC plan on recovering the T-band spectrum. Well, the FCC is working on a solution which may still not be a great one, but it's a plan they have. They have to come up with a plan because, again, we said they are regulated to do so. Remember we said at the very beginning of the podcast here that these blocks we talked about, right, for the channels 14 to 20 were going to be broken down into blocks, spectrum blocks. So each TV channel is going to be a block. So... Each region basically would be granted blocks depending on how great the need is. So, for example, Boston would have blocks A and C. Chicago would get blocks A and B. Dallas would get block C. Houston would get block D. LA would get blocks A, C, and G. Miami would get A. New York and Northeast New Jersey would get A, B, and C. Philadelphia would get F and G. Pittsburgh would get A. And E, San Francisco would get C and D, and DC would get D and E. So who would want the T-band? And I believe, and I have no other proof other than my crazy brain here, is that the FCC originally thought that cellular companies would want the Spectrum. However, cell companies have purchased Spectrum in the 600 range and above, and those frequencies work well for cellular companies. Now remember... And I'm not speaking because I work for AT&T. I'm just speaking based on physics here, right? Because I have no say on what my company buys. But think about it, though. The lower the frequency, the bigger the antenna has to be, right? So our phones already have antennas inside for 600, 700, 1700, 800, 1800, 2100, 2300. 2.4 gig and 5 point whatever for our Wi-Fi routers, right? It's going to start having with 5G nanometer. If you start packing in all these antennas, and don't forget that the towers have to have antennas too. If you have an antenna, right, that does 800 megahertz and, 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 and 1900, and you start all of a sudden adding UHF into there, that's a bigger antenna. I mean, I don't think, again, I'm, I'm speaking at a turn here, but it doesn't make much sense for the for the cell phone companies to really want to pursue UHF, UHF T-band. Again, full disclosure, I do work for a cellular company, but this is my own personal opinion here. So there's that. And then again, why would you sell the FCC? Why would the FCC sell licenses back and auction them back to the agencies they just took them away from, right? Do you think a public safety agency is going to want to re reapply for their frequencies they just paid for when they got licensed for them? I don't, I don't see that happening here. I don't really see a buyer for the UHFT spectrum. The only buyers that would be interested is a TV company, right? A, t- a TV channel. And that's because that's their old spectrum. And speaking of TV providers and UHFT, there's even some talk now where you have a digital TV station in the T-band interfering hundreds of miles away 
from an agency who's on that same frequency or the same block and it's causing problems there too. Now, that's something that the TV channels, I believe, would have to fix on their own. It's their dime to fix that because they're the ones who are causing interference with the public safety agency. But still, there's a lot of things going on here that really just don't they don't, they don't make sense. You know, this is just one of those things. It it doesn't make sense. So I think that's the same thing that the FCC is trying to say right now at this time, right? You can tell that, like I said, you can tell their hands are tied by the middle-class tax relief and the Job Creation Act of 2012. Congress has bipartisan support for putting an end to the T-band buyback, which again, to get both sides to agree on something, I mean, that's that speaks volumes, right? Because you can't get them to just, to to even agree what color the sky is, which way the wind is blowing, and or anything else, right? But for both, with their bipartisan support, that says, hey, the T-band buyback needs to stop. We have to put an end to this. Just shows how important this really is. And I think the right people are getting in place and, and, and getting the wheels turning here. So part of the good news is, though, we have... H.R. 451, which is Don't Break Up the T-Band Act of 2020. And again, you can pull this over at congress.gov. And this was sponsored by Rep. Elliot Engel, a Democrat out of New York. It was introduced January 10th, 2019. And in September 18th, 2020, it was reported or amended by the Committee of Energy and, Com- and Commerce and September 23rd, 2020, it passed and was agreed to in the House on a motion to suspend the rules and pass the bill as amended agreed to by yeas and nays. Two-thirds required. We had 410 yeas, five nays, and 15 not voting. So it really looks like this don't break up the T-Band Act of 2020 is really a step in the right direction. At this point, it sits with the Senate and... Uh, Hopefully it passes. But let's just take a look and see what happens. Maybe somebody gets upset and pees in the Cheerios, right? And all of a sudden, this whole thing for the T-band buyback keeps going and, and doesn't get derailed. What's going to happen? Well, first of all, yeah, public safety agencies and commercial users in the T-band spectrum are going to be out mucho bucks. They're going to be out some big bucks to not only get new frequencies, but get new hardware. I mean, they may have to retune uh, transmitters or or trunk systems, or it's just going to be a huge mess, right? Especially in areas, too, where we already know we need the T-band because we need to have the, the spectrum available, right? This is real estate. If everybody on your block has a house, bit on, house built on a parcel, where are you going to put more families? If you can't build more, right, you got to build another block. Yeah, expand the community. And that's what, you know, the T-band is. It took that UHF spectrum and added another hamlet in this community of UHF spectrum. So I would assume here that if the T-band buyback is put into effect and we lose the T-band, I would assume that the FCC would have to come in and, and say, okay, let's impose ultra narrow band or 6.25 kilohertz bandwidth on all transmissions instead of 12.5. What does this do now? This effectively pushes 
everybody pretty much right at that point into some sort of digital modulation. I mean, FDNY is doing a pretty good job, you know, with narrowband on, on analog. So it can be done. But for the most part, they're on T-band. So they got to go somewhere anyway, right? They're going to have to go digital. You're going to have to go digital because you have to start using time slots or you're going to have to start using talk groups to get more people on less resources. It may be beneficial for counties and communities to start pulling resources together and create their own trunk systems. For example, my county alone, the fire departments have county frequencies, right? That's used by the whole county. And then each district has their own dispatch and their fire ground or a tactical channel. And some of these districts that have very deep pockets, when they know a frequency is available from the FCC, they buy it immediately because they're afraid they're going to need it and not be able to get it. And it's this hoarding of frequencies that just hurts other departments who can't get frequencies. So there may need to be some sort of limitation as to how many frequencies you can use. Or they may say, you can't have any more tactical channels. Dispatch and operations only. If you guys want to go tactical, you got to use one of the UTAC channels. And again, maybe that makes sense because if you're in a fire scene and you're talking from an HT to an HT anyway, right? You're talking portable, you're using two watts, five watts, whatever it is, you're not going to be heard 10s, 20s, 30 miles away. It's not going to happen, right? You're going to be heard on the fire scene. So there's the ability to reuse these conventional channels where there should be, right? And I get it. A lot of departments don't want to go digital. They don't want to go on trunk systems, but they may be forced into it. Now, the other option is to try and fall back to VHF or even low band. <laughs> and again, that's that's a sore subject because a lot of departments just vacated low band because the big M isn't supporting low band anymore. Or they may be forced over to a trunk system on 700 megahertz, 800 megahertz, which again would pretty much be P25s phase two trunking. So will the buyback even happen? Well, I think you know my opinion by now. My opinion will be that we will have this conversation years to decades later and look back and say, what a mess that could have been, right? I don't think the T-band buyback is ever going to be enacted upon. I think that there'll be something that Whatever bill is passed, whatever is going to happen, that it, it won't it won't happen. That's just my feeling about this. It's it's too big. And you can have a lot of opposition too for some big players. Do you think like the FDNY and LAPD would sit quietly if they were forced to give up their frequencies? Heck no. These are some of the biggest users out there. I mean, the, the biggest agencies, they've got they have got some giant voices. I mean, they can pretty much dictate radio specs to every manufacturer out there, right? You know that they have got some big voices that will go down and speak on why they have to keep the T-band. But again, a few years from now, maybe even a few months, who knows, we could play back this podcast and watch me eat my words. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But as I said, my six-year-old daughter, I don't know. My crystal ball is broken. All right, so how did we do? Let me know in the comments at scannerschool.com slash session 
149. Remember, you can join us tonight on our weekly ZelloNet, scannerschool.com slash Zello. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast by clicking on the subscribe button on your podcast player of choice. And again, we're also on a lot of these smart hubs as well. So if you've got that Amazon thing, I can't say it here, you can listen to us there now as well. All right. So you can just say, hey, <clears throat> play the Scan of School podcast and it should play the podcast for you. And again, don't forget to submit your questions, scanofschool.com slash ask, where I answer your questions every month. we got another one coming next week. So make sure, again, 516-308-2885 or go to our SpeakPipe link at scanofschool.com slash ask. So again, make sure you share this podcast with your friends because, hey, that's the best way to help another Scanner Radio user learn something new about the Scanner Radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. We'll catch you all next week, 73.